Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Um, my arm. Your arm. My arm is perfectly fine. I don't see any reason why I should do anything to my arm. Were you going to start, like, um, singing the tune? Uh, No, wait. Uh, Josh. Do you want to, do you want to, um, do you want to look at the run sheet so you can have an idea of what's, Having prep work, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. put it up. <laughs> Who needs prep work? We've had like what kind six of show is this to, to get this together? So, the problem is looking at the camera. I like, I look at the TV to look at you, <laughs> but then, like, you need to look at me through the camera. So, so it's what, uh, see, it's, if I ah, did this, we're repositioning your camera, I can, I can look no, straight just, at you guys. That's pretty good. And if I do this, now I look at the camera, but I also have to look up at the screen. (laughs) It's... It's fine. You get a nice... (laughs) It's uh, interesting. At least I can see you. It's... You're very clean shaven down there, under your chin. It's nice to look at. (laughs) I have a little bit of... That's shadow. Uh, you see, it does automatic zoom. Work. Anyone yeah, who you can know. hear that, that's uh, Paddy scratching his clean-shaven skin. Wait, what? We've started? Yeah, yeah, we've been recording for a while. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Yes. Wait. Wait. It's season two. Okay, I'm hearing, like, there's no, <laughs> no arguments with that. That's okay. good. It's you again. Go. <laughs> it's it's me again. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. This is the Karma Iguana podcast, the podcast for the modern, discerning, decent human beings. Um, I am Paddy G. With me, as always, every week, he is the uh, the the sheik of uh, shakes. I guess maybe shake weights. It's Wilson. Hello. That was good. The camera zoomed right in on you just as you started talking about me for some reason. But the audience at home can't see that, so it's irrelevant. Yeah, well, until they uh, upgrade the uh, to five the five hundred dollar uh, premium account to um, to view uh, the live recording. Uh, and also with me, he uh, last saw a film, and it was Deliverance. It's uh, Ev. It was more like a home movie. It's. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's just a summer vacation video. It just happens to look like Deliverance, that's all. Are you talking about our time we found those canoes? <clears throat> uh, In the woods? Don't, we don't speak about that. Wait. Was I one of the canoes? No. Are you sure? Because I remember being in a canoe once with you. No, 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 no. We found some canoes up in uh, the Appalachian Mountains. And, uh, yeah, had some fun with them, eh, Josh? Um, So, anyway, maybe I'll just, like, put a box (laughs) around this section 
and uh, we can take that out. That's fine. People don't need to know what we do on our weekends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we have a big first show for season two. Um, well, there's a lot to cover. Well, there's some things to talk about. Um, <laughs> so yeah, definitely, we've got movies that have been happening. There's some new games that have been going on. Um, we'll talk a bit about Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands is our hot take for this week. Um, but before we get into all of that, gents, it's been yeah, it's been a little bit of time. Things have been happening. What's um what's been happening around, Ev? Okay. Um, well, I guess we need to address why we went on hiatus and why it took so long to come back. Um, it took so long to come back because we? we're lazy. And uh, <laughs> no, we, uh, I mean, Patty had a baby. No, we're just genuinely lazy. Yeah, that's it. Well, there's nothing lazy about having a baby, let's face it. And uh, Wilson got married, so, you know, because we're all heavily involved in all of these things together, well, maybe not so much the, the baby making and delivering. No, but... no, no, no. <laughs> there was, you, you all played a, a crucial and critical part in the, uh, uh, in the creation of this child. Yes. There could be some more ways in more ways than you'll know. There could be some ways to be lazy when having a child, especially if you're a dude. Uh, well, I mean, it depends. Also, you guys, uh, yeah, you're front of mind, shall we put it? Oh, oh sure. What? Uh, wait. Yeah. Wait. That's, we should dig oh, deeper into this. Don't make that hand gesture. If... That's just. What are you doing? Just, are you I was insinuating. It was. What are you? Oh God. Uh, anyway, all right. So uh, I apologise to our our handful of faithful listeners, um, but in the meantime, uh, it's been it's been quite a busy busy time uh, for all of us, really. Um, TV, games, movies, there's been heaps of stuff coming out and it's only going to get better as the year goes by. I've been watching Iron Fist, uh, Dirk Gently, and uh, getting into Black Mirror. If you're going to watch Black Mirror, um, the first one is weird. They don't relate to each other. Yeah. So if you want to, skip the first one. I don't think we can get a rating uh, high enough to actually go into what happens in the first one. Um, Do not skip the first one. The first one's good. Stick with uh, it. The first one's yes. the best episode. I've, I've not seen uh, Black Mirror as yet. However, um, definitely heard uh, what the first episode is about. Uh, it is not for the weak of, of heart. So it's a really divisive show from what I've heard. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of people I know like it and they're all like, oh yeah, it's, um, it's actually, it's, it's quite surreal. It's quite a, um, it's got a good sort of, I guess, um, social commentary, I guess, uh, for the, the sort of the episodes, but a lot of other people are just like, ah, it's just too weird. Uh, it's maybe too eclectic for them. Um, I guess it's just, it's one of those things you're going to like it or you're not. I think there's a certain uh, type of person who doesn't like to watch a show that doesn't have a storyline, like a, a main connecting story and a point, I guess. Um, so it's probably the biggest complaint I've heard is that they're not really that connected uh, in your traditional sense. Uh, but yeah, and then very, movies. Very Twilight Zone-ish, 
Yeah, that's Sorry, pretty much what everyone said Twilight is Zone. Twilight Zone uh, rebooted. Mm. Um, yeah, and movies, there's been quite a bit come out, and obviously we're starting to get into the endgame for Marvel. Uh, so, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, saw that just the other day, um, and getting really, really keen for Thor Ragnarok. I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as well. I haven't uh, yeah, seen it. I'm not too sure when I'm going to get the chance. Um, I do happen to have this entire next week off from any work duties. So uh, I might try to pop down, do the loner thing and see a movie by myself. Um, I'm not above doing that. Um, so, yeah, but I have to uh, give a rewatch to, to the first one. I think not just uh, for any other reason than it's just it's a solid movie. Yeah, it's a good, fun movie. Um, and also, I don't know what the main complaint is about going to see a movie on your own. Like, seriously. It's it's the one thing that should be acceptable to go do on your own because you can't talk to anyone while you're in there. <laughs> Sorry, we just well, got extreme exactly. zoom. The, uh, the auto camera on the other end. <laughs> it's a, it's, it picks peculiar moments to do the zoom. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why um, it decided it was a good idea when I was scratching my nose. But again, this is fantastic for the listeners at home who have no concept. What are you doing with your lips? <laughs> what the hell are you doing with your lips? <laughs> do, you have, do you have a condition that you haven't told us about? <laughs> okay, this, uh, uh, again, with the $500 package, you get front row seats to Josh... Doing stuff with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, uh, before we move on from to Ragnarok, um, I've uh, I haven't actually seen the trailer myself. Um, sometimes uh, with child, it is uh, it gets difficult to find a free moment. But um, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Um, and there seems to be some mix, kind of like it looks really. Uh, uh, 1980s? Uh, yeah, but almost like it's a, like not in a, hey, this is a cool kind of like throwback kind of look, more of just like, a, oh, it looks really tacky. Um, nah, I, I really like the look of the trailer and the, the font, especially, like the thing is in there is, uh, yeah, very cool 1980s retro vibe to it. And it's I an reckon, awesome trailer as well. Like, Yeah, I think uh, part of it comes from, allegedly, Guardians of the Galaxy is supposed to tie into Thor at some point, uh, along with Doctor Strange, and I guess they're trying to get a similar feel across all those movies, and uh, just try and sync them up a little bit um, style-wise, so I think we'll start to see the Thor storyline, um, you know, in style, random humour, uh, catchy tunes, that sort of thing, so then it's not so yeah. jarring when it hits Guardians. Well, that's interesting because uh, Iron Man was originally a member, was not originally, but he was at one point a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not sure that um, Thor ever was, so it would make more sense for Iron Man to come across. But, you know, I suppose the Iron Man trilogy is kind of done now, so they really, yeah. Thor's the only chance they have. Well, and also Thor oh, is in space. Like, uh, so for them, they can tie together the fact that, you know, Thor's out there, Guardians are out there. I mean, why else would Iron Man be in space? Because they don't really have that, uh, like, the space station in interplanetary travel, that sort of thing going Yeah. On. Not yet. 
Not yet. I'm just waiting for the um, what's the name of that group? Uh, Cyclops's dad's in. <laughs> I want them to show up. <laughs> mm, yeah. I don't know if that's gonna happen. The Marvel, the Marvel Galaxy has always been very strange. Like you've got the Guardians of the Galaxy running around one end of the galaxy, and then the X Men and Cyclops's dad running around the other end, and never the twain shall meet. Like surely the Guardians would have shown up during the Dark Phoenix saga or something like that. Right. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yes, we can. Uh... Yes. Uh, it's like how uh, Iron Man didn't show up when Hulk was fighting the Abomination in fucking like, Brooklyn, or Spider Man didn't show up when uh, the Fantastic Four were ripping apart. You know, <laughs> it's hard to maintain with all these movies. They were busy. There was stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, this world and this universe won't protect itself. Actually, that's a point as well. I think a lot of it was concurrent, because uh, no spoilers, but in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, there's one scene particularly where I swear they travel through the background of a planet um, that Thor, the Dark Elf, and uh, Loki are fighting from the second Thor movie. So yeah, and that, I think that was like a little, just to bring it in line, so you know that when this stuff's happening, that's where it fits into the timeline. But it's really hard when yeah. you're watching it in a cinema. You can't exactly like pause and zoom and check out what's going on. Yeah. Nice one thing could though. One thing I do have to point out about Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, Drax writing. Uh, was it Drax? Yeah, Drax. Mm. How cool was his writing? Like uh, Drax he, was they've really found the stri- stride with that character uh, since the last movie, and uh, he was probably one of the standout things in that yeah. in that new movie. And that interplay between he and Mantis all the way through was just hilarious. Yep. Like, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers. Who's Mantis? I don't know who exactly. Mantis is. No, that's fine. What have you guys been doing for the home team, for the crowd? Wilson. What's going on? Wilson? Yeah, just been playing probably everything that's come out since the last podcast, the highlights, or the last podcast. The highlights probably being Mass Effect, um... Sniper Elite, uh, Ghost Recon, and uh, Near Automata. I was finally, you know, swayed by all the the reviews and video stuff I've seen on YouTube over the last week, calling Near Automata probably the game of the year and the greatest game ever made and masterpiece. So I picked that up on Friday, waited for it to download, and finally got my hands on it to play a bit of it uh, this morning. Very Japanese, which I usually don't go for in a video game. Uh, you know, it's not. It's uh, the only other like very Japanese game I've ever really played is uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's a bit not difficult to wrap my head around, but just uh, the style stylistically, you know, the musical choices and stuff is different to what I'm used to. But, you know, I've played about four or five hours of it and hoping to get into it a bit more because the story is apparently really good. Sniper Elite, I finished last night. It's a pretty good game. Got to kill some Nazis, which is good. <laughs> Always good to kill Nazis. Yep, yep, always good to step back and kill some Nazis, you know. They're the one good guy that you... I mean, the bad, one bad guy. That you, they're, the, they're the people you can go to to be, provide good enemies because you don't, can't feel bad about killing them. Good save. Yeah, there's good been save. some changes in the uh, off-season, between season one and season two. <laughs> yeah, why have you started um, shaving your head? And uh... There's this new uh, tattoo on your arm. <laughs> Um, Is that some sort yeah, of, and uh, good luck similar? Ass Effect. <laughs> Ass Effect. Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to Andromeda coming out, uh, but really they should have just left it at three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it. I've probably three quarters of the way through it, I think. I've, you know, made seven out of the eight planets or whatever, that 100%, and I'm just like, I have no motivation to finish it. I've unlocked the sex scene, so there's not that anymore. <laughs> You're done. You're spent. The main That's part's it. been discovered. Left. Yeah. Yep, done. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Just yeah. mostly looking forward to the new games and new season of the podcast coming up. Good stuff. Yeah, it'll be exciting. You talking about Mass Effect um, kind of ties into how I feel about it in general. Like, I'm happy for it to have ended at four. There's nothing three. that I've seen that really makes me feel like... Wait, wait, I said four. I meant three. <laughs> <clears throat> Try that again. I'm editing. I can cut this all out. Um, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I can do what I want this time. I don't have Patty leaving have, me out there. You have the power. Yeah. With all these That's false it. statements. My, my weird editing yeah. hands... They get weird when they edit and then things... <laughs> they leave stuff in. It's for my it's for my eczema. But how do they get it? psoriasis. You have a thousand emus and... and you squeeze them? You squeeze them. Just no. for... 15 emu. mils. Emu oil, mils oil of, of emu. Oil, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it is the active ingredient is emu oil. The truth behind... It's 100% uh, pure emu oil as well. Just to make sure. Hey, it's yes. You're zooming in on me, camera. Yeah. Well done. This yeah. is good. I like this. It knows the premium viewers will be will be yeah. in, in, enthralled. They'll yeah, enjoy this. This is what the Great War was about. We were attacking them for their oil. Yeah, yeah. I only recently found out that was an actual thing. The, yeah, it um, was. Yeah. The Andy <laughs> War. It's you know yeah. It's I think it's in in the what the Second World War. First World War, then uh, Amy Wars. Yeah. And then the Boer War. Yeah. yeah. Got to deal with all that army yeah. surplus somehow. That's right. Exactly. Uh, it's a surplus emus. What are you looking at? <laughs> are you Are you taking more ninja photos? I love photos the automatic zooming on this camera. This is fantastic. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Mass Effect. You yeah. can edit this. Yeah, yeah. We'll cut that off. Well, maybe not the emu bit. <laughs> Um, oh man, like, I'm not motivated to play it. Like I've got nothing that makes me Don't want be. to actually fire it back up again because I loved two and three. I have to admit I've played a bit of one but haven't ever completed it. Um, but I liked the characters, the story arcs, everything rounded off, finished quite nicely. Like it felt done. Like, it, it was, yeah, I was okay with where it was. And then all the negative press around this one, uh, it just hasn't left me feeling like I need to play it. Yep. That's, uh, yeah, don't feel the need to play it. It's not that great. Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what have you been up to? Baby, mostly. <laughs> Wait, you have a baby? I do. Ooh. My God. Congratulations. When did that Thank happen? You. Thank you. Uh, very suddenly and quickly, last night. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, um, uh, yeah, he arrived in December last year, so it's been uh, a roller coaster, um, I guess, of emotion. Though he's uh, he's really good. He's good fun. It's it's fun just to see him develop and grow. The way he interacts with things now, he's just becoming more and more interactive. So it's pretty fun to to watch all that sort of happen. But it sounds um, like. Sounds like the uh, history of video games. They become more and more interactive as they get older. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. He is. He started off as you know Pong and Asteroid, and you know now he's probably at about you know Ultra Beast. I, I guess, guess maybe. 
Yeah. <laughs> a, a bit more fun. The fidelity is still pretty low. And uh, <laughs> every now and again, you know, like it's, yeah, it is probably early arcade era, very early home console era. He's uh, pretty good every now and again, though he pumps out some shit. So he's going to uh, come home from primary school one day just holding the dripping spine of one of his enemies, and you'll be like, ah, the Mortal Kombat era. <laughs> uh, excellent. Well done. Get over here. Uh, but other than that, so other than fatherly duties, um, which, are, which have been good fun, um, I've had the chance to sort of get back into some uh, some video games uh, at this stage. I uh, revisited Dirt Rally with the Dirt 4 sort of impending, I guess. It's due next month, and we'll get to some of the um, new releases coming up. But yeah, uh, with Dirt 4 sort of coming out, I realized I'd not played enough Dirt, uh, when it first came out, so getting back into that uh, rally driving is is hard, but um, it's a really uh, it is a, a solid rally offering. Uh, I was talking to someone else today about it, uh, and they were sort of saying, "Oh, it's you know, like it's it's really good. It's a good game, but you've got sort of you know, you, all you've got is I guess rallying in it. You got one style of game. You go around similar sort of like uh, tracks, but um, I think the it's that's not really a negative. It's how uh, how much detail uh, they put into uh, that, I guess, as a sim. It's uh, it's really good. It can be as hard as you want to make it, or it can be as uh, as arcadey and easy as you want. But the level of detail they they genuinely put into the game is yeah makes it a good fun uh, rally sim that yeah we haven't seen for for a long time. A little bit of Battlefield One. I sort of like uh, it's a little bit of a, a time waster, I guess. Uh, when I'm sort of waiting for something to to load up, I might sort of play around online or something. It's um, eh, it's yeah, it, I guess it's just like any other first-person shooter. Uh, at this point, that you play multiplayer, it's this. I'm not I'm not good enough to to try to you know um get all like the gold level stuff. It's just a bit of a run around, shoot some things, and uh, and have a bit of fun. So that's that's not been too bad. And Did you ever get a chance to try out the new, like, uh, on or not the new, but when, when it came out, the, the different modes? Because I remember when we were playing it together, we tried to play that Onslaught mode and, uh, you know, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so have you played much of that since in the last six months, really? Tried to play a little bit of the, yeah, of the Onslaught mode and there's sort of like a campaign-y kind of mode, I guess. There's sort of a... Not really story, but I guess there's a, a, a campaign as such where the two multiplayer teams will continue to sort of fight for objectives uh, across a series of, say, four maps uh, until you have sort of an ultimate winner. I think it's a really interesting game mode. I played it maybe once because it just doesn't get the traction. People are going to a Battlefield game or like the new Call of Duty World War II game that we'll talk about a bit later. They go to that because they want to play some multiplayer and all they want to do is just shoot some... They want to shoot some some people and not have to worry too much about story. They don't really go for any sort of story-rich uh, kind of um, experience. They just want to get a gun and shoot and shoot it and you know, hope some things get in the way of the bullets. So... It's kind of sad that uh, I think that was a really interesting mode, but they just, yeah, people just didn't take it, take up on it. And so the main modes like Conquest are the ones that uh, that get all the air tray and traction. But other than uh, other than those two things, uh, I've been playing some uh, Tom Clancy Ghost Recon Wildlands. If you guys are cool with it, I'll just jump into the hot take. Go right ahead. Sounds good. 
Cool. So Ubisoft's latest Tom Clancy effort, Ghost Recon Wildlands, is everything we wanted from a Tom from Tom Clancy's The Division, uh, and not a lot of what we wanted from the next Ghost Recon. Uh, for those familiar with Tom Clancy and his work, Wildlands is somewhat akin to Clear and Present Danger, his novel, in terms of what the story is about. American special forces go to South American country, kill drug, lord, uh, kill drug lords, and then return triumphant. Uh, but unlike Tom Clancy's works, the story is pretty barren. Positioned on the Venn diagram between a Tom Clancy novel, Netflix's narco series, uh, and a standard video game story, drug lord tropes and unnecessary, and more importantly, unfunny humor uh, mar an already light on story. Humor, I hear you ask. Why? But Tom Clancy, even in video game form, isn't too concerned with humor. Indeed, uh, humor is not without its place in storytelling, but the shitballs your character or teammates will utter uh, when something goes awry is less funny and more annoying, uh, especially a few hours in. While there is story to be had, you're unlikely to be interested in continuing to play because of the compelling story. Gameplay is typical third-person action and leans on previous Ghost Recon titles, squad management, uh, or is squad direction more apt? I think so. The squad's control is intuitive enough, but often squad mates will hang back when you want them to go in for the kill. Uh, early game, AI squad mates can seem both unnecessary and overpowered. Uh, enemy AI moves well, takes cover as you would expect, and completes an action as you might expect, like trying to flee for a nearby helicopter uh, when under attack to take the sky and get further reinforcements. But weapons and skills the player unlocks early and along the way means that AI is really no threat. However, perhaps the game's bright spot exists in the multiplayer. Co-op multiplayer, while not uh, any more challenging, is certainly more fun and can give you the freedom to approach the missions on the huge open-world map as you please. This, coupled with better character customization, in clothes and accessories at least, uh, make this the type of experience players should have had from the Division. I'm not going to set the world on fire, uh, but certainly something to pass the time with until the next big release. I would say maybe wait till it's on sale. That's uh, my take. Nice one. Um, so overall, good. then, uh, when it comes down to like the multiplayer side of this, uh, do you reckon it'll get some longevity, or maybe just sort of pass through after a couple of months? Mm. It's certainly got spaces um, for longevity. I think it depends on what you want from it and what you're going to like to take out of it. The gameplay is certainly good. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not a broken system. It works pretty well. Shooting feels pretty good. Playing uh, multiplayer is uh, done with, with Wilson um, a couple times now. It's um, pretty easy and pretty good to just jump around into vehicles, whether it's to the helicopters or on like dirt bikes or into... Um, uh, into jeeps and just drive around the big open world shoot some stuff and it's more i guess the way we've approached things like destiny in terms of it's good to just get on and have a bit of a chat and just sort of shoot at things there's not uh, like i say a very rich sort of story which is i guess the what it tries to be it's not trying to be like a multiplayer shooter where you know you're shooting at other players. It's trying to be a story that you can get your friends involved in and and be sort of you know take on the the drug cartel as a uh, as a squad you know take on the Santa Blanca uh, and destroy them all and you know leave leave Bolivia free from from the drug overlords. But past that much of a story, there's not an awful lot. So you know you you take out some of the um, the, the henchmen along the way. I think that's an, an interesting and, and unique sort of, uh, well, not unique, uh, but an interesting mechanic uh, similar to sort of the Batman Arkham, Arkham City 
uh, I guess, approach of uh, the Joker's henchmen. Similar, you can sort of come across like lieutenants and, and other sort of two ICs and what have you within the, the cartel that you can interrogate. You might find some intel that helps you story-wise, or you might find more often than not uh, intel that helps you locate weapons caches or side missions to, to unlock sort of further things. So there's not an awful lot of story development through those sort of things and not even really from a if you look at a, a destiny as a parallel there's a lot of lore and story hidden in like the grimoire cards and and all these side things so while you have the story missions and they tell stories you come out of that and then things can be embellished through all these extra uh, story cards on the side you don't really get anything like that even uh, out of uh, the side story kind of things it's more just here are the bad guys is like play the story missions to either unlock intel or to further where you need to go next uh everything's kind of a go to this place and shoot these things or shoot these people and then go to the next place until you've done that and then you've cleared an area so like i said having said that it's not it's not why you're going to want to play it. You're going to want to play it because it's um, the shooting feels good enough. It's serviceable. Um, and you can play around with your, your mates and just sort of shoot the breeze. So, Yeah, you said the Batman there, but uh, I reckon those lieutenants are probably closer to uh, something like Shadows of or a less interactive Shadows of Mordor or Shadows of War uh, nemesis system in that, you know, you can take them out to take out the hierarchy, but they don't get replaced and you don't get any promotions, etc. like you did in the Nemesis system, which was originally yeah. meant to go into a Batman game. <laughs> One of the big things I, I've noticed on Facebook among uh, the military veteran community is uh, they are actually really appreciating the level of humor in the game. <laughs> like a lot of the jokes and stuff inside the, uh, you know, that your squad mates will tell to each other have gotten a lot of traction in the military veteran community around on Facebook. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. In terms of So AI, it's realistic then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Some of those jokes are pretty good, like the alligator shoes one and the uh, ranger, the the Delta Force dick one. <laughs> um, it, sorry to, to interrupt, but I think um, certainly from a humor perspective, it's more. I finished a couple of nights ago one of the like the first big sort of area mission, take down like the first sort of heads of. It's a it's a couple. They were for, without too many spoilers. They are uh, the first. Area kingpins, I guess I'll call them. They are a um, like a, a couple, uh, a man and a wife, a man and a woman. And in the lead up, you get some intel on uh, you know who they are, and you know it's time to take them out. You know now that we've got the opportunity, and uh, they give, I think, too much, too much in, too much information that's not necessary. It's like oh, you know, like they were surgeons together, and they did these things, and it was love at first sight, and they spent too long on lingering shots of in-game Facebook and posts like I love you five ever because it's one more than four and it's like well it's it's not it's not that funny it's very juvenile but it's yeah it's very juvenile like it's not like what you would expect out of uh, I guess something that you know when you put Tom Clancy on it uh, you kind of expect that it's going to take itself very seriously and that those story beats uh, and the humor they try to push into the story just doesn't stack up with the realism they put on everything else. Well, that's what I like about, you know, harking back to earlier in the podcast, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and stuff. I mean, nothing goes out of its way to be too funny, but the funny the humor comes from the, the heroes making jokes to each other. So instead of trying to find that humor in their uh, their cutscenes, they should maybe just 
make the cutscenes more serious and then let the the jokes and stuff that the heroes tell each other come come through to the, the light. Yeah. yeah, that certainly would have been a better approach. In terms of AI, though, you know, I mentioned earlier I had been playing Sniper Elite Four over the last couple of days, and it's interesting comparing that to Ghost Recon. Uh, in Ghost Recon, you know, you can hide in a bush and throw distractions, and enemies will come at you one by one, and you can just take them all out quietly. The biggest challenge in Sniper Elite is getting enemies separated from their their colleagues. You'll throw, you'll whist, you'll go and hide and do the classic stealth game trick of whistling and getting the enemy to come out to you. He'll go instead of coming out by himself like he does in Splinter Cell or Ghost Recon or uh, Zero Dawn or any of the stealth games that have ever come out. He'll say to his mates, "I'm going to go look over there. Come with me and fo- watch my back." Similarly, if you do manage to separate one by himself and take him out, five seconds later his lieutenant will be will notice one of my troops is missing. Let's go look for him. So that I've, that's actually one of the really good things about Sniper Elite 4 that I've noticed uh, and it allows you to set up awesome, you know, it, it allows for some really good gameplay opportunities like putting a, a grenade or a telemine, uh, sorry, a, um, you know, infantry, anti-infantry mine underneath the dead body and waiting for his lieutenant to come and look for him. You know, that's, that's, uh, I find that quite good. And, um, you know, I've, I've been trying to play it stealthy, but it's just too fun to, in that game to, you know, build these huge traps and end up killing 20 people just with one shot by, you know, setting up traps and letting them know where you are. Yeah. But no, that's, yeah, it's, I, I, uh, agree. Yeah. In, in terms of that. And I guess that's why I say, say the, um, AI ex- behaves, I guess, as you probably expect in any other kind of stealth-ish sort of game. The the only thing is I think the, it's too easy to, yeah. to you know, lose like a tag. You sort of, you know, pop up, you can be standing straight upright and someone's starting to get, I guess, you know, you know you're starting to get someone's attention. Um, all you need to do is just crouch back down behind that wall you're standing behind and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, he must have gone. So this, they don't really... This, uh, no consistency in that side, but once engaged, uh, I think that the AI does a, a decent, serviceable yep. job. Of, you know, um, trying to trying to run around, trying to flank a little bit. So yeah, it's again, it's not bad. If you're interested in trying it out, I'd suggest uh, uh, or waiting for a sale. Uh, or if you are keen right now, is you sort of wait for the next um, next big purchase to come out. Well, it is only 50 bucks at JB at the moment. Well, it was last time I looked because like, they obviously did what they did with Transformers a few years ago and buy way too many of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's if you're in Australia. Yeah. Feel free to go down to JB. I think yeah, 50 bucks at the moment. So that's pretty I good. I think for 50 bucks is worth it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's say before we kick into news, we take a quick break to have a word from our sister podcast. Hey Bat fans, it's the Dad Knight here, coming to you from the Bat Cave. Join the Just Us League with Red Thunder, The Probe, LL Cool Elder, and myself as we bring you weekly video casts reviewing the, all the latest comic book shows like Gotham, Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, plus all the latest comic book movies and much, much more. Head over to www.frombatcave.com for all the info and links to find our episodes. That's www.frombatcave.com. Hope to see you there, Bat fans. Welcome back. <laughs> you just clapped <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the IguanaCast. That was a message from our friends over at Cabana Productions. Just lead in with some news. 
news. News time. News. There's been a fair bit of news. A lot of things have happened in the time since uh, season one ended and season two started. Um, let's have a look at the, uh, I guess, some of the most uh, important and recent news. First one to touch on uh, around Call of Duty Modern, oh, not Modern Warfare. It's uh, World, War, <laughs> World War II. They've completely, well, it's modern compared to the Battlefield 1 entry. Uh, yeah, there's a new Call of Duty going back to World War Two. Are we surprised? Not really. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, it's just a case of, you know, Battlefield 1 doing it and then uh, Call of Duty going, us too, us too. I mean, I was really impressed with Call of Duty Future Warfare or whatever the fuck it was called. That was really cool. Um, but, yeah, where could they go from there, really, unless they went full Star Wars-ish? Uh, they, would, they had to go back. They couldn't go back to World War One, so unless they're willing to go back to the Battle of uh, Gettysburg, I guess they have to go to World War Two. I would appreciate a Vietnam War game, though. Yeah, definitely. I think it was um, a really good when they touched on in Black Ops that the you know it was it was all sort of based in that kind of time period, and you know it wasn't Vietnam War, but it was certainly around there. And then you've got obviously what was the Bad Company? Was there a Battlefield Bad Company game uh, that was set in Vietnam? I'm no, sure there was. was ba- Battlefield Vietnam. Battlefield Vietnam. So it's it's not an oft-explored uh, uh, area, and certainly when we've had the countless number of World War II uh, shooters, yeah, I wouldn't be adverse to a, uh, a Vietnam-era game either. Yeah, yeah like... especially with that music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the music was fantastic, and I think that was a big draw card of Battlefield Vietnam and and not so much Bad Company, but the, you know it had some good music Black in Ops. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I always get Fortunate Son stuck in my head uh, anytime oh, yeah. i hear the word vietnam it just because of battlefield <laughs> it just pops straight in and uh flight yeah. of the valkyries when you get in a helicopter <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's true well, i mean yeah i don't i, I agree you know, you, it's the moment it's like oh you know like a vietnam game is like down now down now it's just yeah much. you know credence <laughs> I reckon uh, yeah. World War Two is safe money, though, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Call of Duty do a Vietnam uh, Vietnam game next. So, yeah, uh, it'd be good to see. I'm certainly going to to get uh, the World War Two game. You know it's... what they haven't haven't seen though? I've never seen a Korean War game. <laughs> that would be an interesting time period to see. I yeah, don't. It know would be fascinating. Do but do you think they'd ever do it? I don't oh, so. it's. It could be done. Like, it's conventional warfare. Vietnam was very much uh, guerrilla warfare, you know, um, fighting in the jungle and all that stuff. Whereas Vietnam War, you know, you had, like, big... Oh, not, sorry. The Korean War, they had, like, you know, go and capture that hill and, like, very much conventional World War II-style warfare in a completely different terrain. So I reckon you could actually do that pretty well. I think one of the best missions in Battlefield 1 was the uh, one where you were playing as the Italian dude walking around the Alps. And I reckon... yeah. You could get some very similar vibes in the uh, Korean, in, in if you did a Korean War, but then again, Korean War is kind of still happening, so it might be a bit yeah. uh, touchy. And that's what I'm sort of thinking as well is that um, culturally, it still has I don't know a bit of a wide-reaching effect, I guess, on uh, a yeah. lot of the neighbouring countries, which would also form. Yeah. Up. Um, you know, not to name names, but quite a large part of their consumer base. And uh, yeah. they may not actually like any representations that we would put forward, I guess, as to uh, What's the, uh, how it went. Two biggest, what are the two biggest markets outside of 
US would be China and South Korea. So you wouldn't want to <laughs> piss like both of them would probably be fairly pissed off by a Korean war game, I guess. Oh, and there's still aspects of that war that are suppressed uh, as being, you know, untrue depending on which country you're from. Um, yeah, that's true. So yeah. Anyway, to get away from controversy. Yeah, that got a bit serious. <laughs> <laughs> They're completely uh, uncontroversial. Yeah, next, yeah, there's a new Star Wars movie, the Star Wars: The Last Jedi uh, teaser trailer dropped for that a couple of days ago, weeks ago. Looks pretty good. Looks like you know Luke Skywalker's finally come to his senses and uh, is abandoning the Jedi way to become grey Jedi's. Is what the consensus is on the internet at the moment. What do you guys think? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, I reckon that's probably a very solid, easy guess. Um, and I mean, really, there were a lot of issues with the traditional Jedi model of, you know, only Sith deal in absolutes being one of the lines that everyone goes, well, hang on, that's an absolute. But I think it serves to underline how the white Jedi aren't to have grey Jedi because they would represent the reality of you know, human nature. You can't be completely uh, lawful all the time with zero emotion. It's not uh, lawful even, it's just, you know, being human. I mean, Luke Skywalker's always kind of, in the EU at least, he's always had a wife, a girlfriend, and had kids. And, you know, um, the prequels are really the first kind of time that they kind of put forward this idea that Jedis can't marry like uh, priests and, you know, have to live this very strict way where they're not allowed to fall in love you know the 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 original trilogy new hope empire jedi never really talked about that and you know it was all about love and how using the power of love to first of all protect your family and then to redeem your family and then the uh and then the extended universe even took that even further and you know no spoilers but i suppose it's all not canon anymore but when luke fell to the dark side it was the love of his sister that brought him back to the light side so you know post prequel era the Jedi seem to be more powered by love than, you know, this passion. I mean, this kind of uh, clinical, you know, sereneness that they seem to want to embrace in the uh, in the prequel trilogy. That no marriage thing, is that meant to be the same as priests? As in, they don't want a um, hierarchical family caste, like families inheriting power, that sort of thing? Or No, they don't want any, any sort of love, because love leads to fear, fear leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't so, sure if I mean, it was meant to be a bit of a throwaway as well to, you know, the old... Um, I mean, that is essentially why priests don't get married, at least in the Catholic tradition, is to avoid building family power bases. And that, that happened anyway. <laughs> Look at the Borges. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Well, no, that's... Uh, yeah, don't want to delve too much into history, but that's the Pope used to be able to get married because he didn't have to be a priest and... Uh, and yeah, they did actually get you know these families like the Borgias with the uh, Pope Alexander V, I think it was, who uh, you know set up his son and daughter with you know different pre- roles within the church and pretty much controlled a lot of Europe during the Renaissance. So welcome uh, yeah. to Historic Iguana, <laughs> the Karma uh, hey. Iguana offshoot podcast where we talk about to the be Korean fair, War. And... <laughs> to be fair, I learned most of that from Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. So okay, well, yes, that's, the that's greatest nice. game. Yeah. Of the last generation. Was it? <laughs> I don't know. I just had to say yeah. something. Okay. <laughs> and the different news, the, uh, the what happened with the Nintendo Entertainment System yeah. Classic last year. You know, since the last podcast, the Nintendo Entertainment System Classic was announced. 
came out in very limited quantities. It was almost impossible to get. I know I tried many different times to get it, frantically reloading while at work rather than doing actual work. Couldn't get my hands on it. And then people started playing it and there were numerous complaints about it. And then it was discontinued when the Switch was announced or when the Switch came out. And now we've got a new announcement saying that SNES is now replacing it for this holiday season coming. So what do you guys think about that? Is that going to be think... in the same fashion? Like, are they? is it going to be yeah. a limited release, close it down, discontinue? Well, well. so the details we have, I guess, at the moment, that it will be similar in vain as, you know, it's just basically a, a won't, not, not necessarily disrespectful, but a glorified emulator. It's going to have a lot of um, the, the old classics uh, on it uh, and in one easy sort of like plug it in and play kind of like package. But... Yeah, it would be disappointing. However, I, I I don't see it going any other way other than yeah, they'll they'll make very limited quantities, help to sell it, I guess, at a um, at an exorbitant price, and then discontinue not long after. And I imagine that they maybe make NES vol- you know, version two uh, and sort of go through a bit of a cycle, some different games. It means they can sort of sell it again and disc- discontinue that one. A bit of a vicious cycle. I think uh, I think they sort of see it as a, a good, quick kind of cash cow. And I think it's disappointing because I think they could probably actually benefit more longer term by you know, having a steady stream of production of it, they have this huge library of games to, to lean on that they could, you know, continue to 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 produce, you know, NES and SNES, you know, doing concurrently. The I think that the buyer base for a system like that, you know, the um tugging at the sort of retro, the hey, I remember playing this as a kid, kinda like strings you know reaching out and you're gonna hit a, a market that you know doesn't game today but you know used to game back in the day and loves you know playing donkey kong and all that sort of stuff and they're gonna pick it up again because hey i can play those games again i remember when i was you know 11 i want to play that again uh, and i think that you know a lot of people who like that i think that's the that's the kind of target market and i think those people are going to miss out because uh, a few people will buy it i think people like you or i or Wilson, if we genuinely want to play some old school NES or SNES games, we're probably going to download an emulator, mm. download the games for free, and just you know play it on our PCs or something. You know, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's not the the right legal way, I guess, in terms of you know, like from copyright and all that sort of way. But it's it's ridiculous to like pay like kind of the fees and for the privilege. Of, of owning a machine that they're sort of like putting up when it could be done so much cheaper and they could actually, you know, almost go for, you know, the, the iTunes model. So sell a little box and it's, here's the, you know, here's the library, pay, you know, pay a buck a game or something and, you know, like the same way you pay for a song and just uh, have at. I think that's probably the way that they should do it, but Nintendo's a big beast that's going to do what they want to do. Yeah. And people are going to buy it because they love Nintendo. We say exorbitant price i mean it was only a hundred dollars for like 30 games so that that was a fairly fair price uh i just think it was disappointing the the quantities that they they released of it weren't that great speaking for myself i got a new ds last year at some point uh or a couple of years ago actually now think about it and last year i picked up all of the old mario games for like eight dollars a piece so I mean, the virtual console is doing all right, but I'm not going to buy a, a Nintendo Switch to uh, play old school Mario. 
the rumors I've heard online are that they had to discontinue the NES for uh, to allow Switch to go into full scale production. So hopefully they haven't, you know, hopefully that's over and done with, and you know they're going to have enough uh, time to, you know, make enough quantities of the SNES so that you know we can get a, a console. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> you don't? <Okay>. No, <laughs> they. It's there are some similar components, but it's especially for the numbers that the you know like that already released a limited quantity for the christmas before they uh, and they would have already had to have started production on switches mm-hmm. by that stage so yeah. uh, i mean it's not um, it's not implausible but uh, i think they're probably you know creating their own demands to try to create yeah. their own supply and demand issues you know i always had the plan if i ever have kids to uh, make them play the old school games so that they uh, have some respect when they come up and play the new school games uh which reference is- yeah, some reverence, uh, which is what the NES would have been good for. That being said, I never played NES when I was small, and I was only ever introduced with to Snoop and Super NES. Uh, only ever introduced to Nintendo with the Super NES, and even then at the friends' houses. Super NES. Yeah, even then only at friends' houses. So, um, you know, if I really wanted to get that that ex- to give the kid my kid similar experience to what I had, I would be starting with the Atari twenty four hundred, then moving on to PC, and then back to Xbox. You know, twenty years later. So. Yeah. Josh, any plans to get yeah. a SNES? Um, well, I was just thinking about that, what you were saying about discontinuing it uh, to allow the Switch to go forward. Um, I mean, the Switch is travelling fairly well at the moment. I guess it depends what their long-term plans are, whether they're going to allow, um, I guess, that entire back catalogue to be available to the Switch instead of the uh, the NES or SNES. I think they are because I mean the virtual console is already doing pretty well on the Wii U and the 3DS. Yeah. So, so I think they maybe identified it as something that there was interest in, but they were trying to supersede with another one of their products anyway. So they just canned mm. it early. And but even so, yeah, playing that back catalogue and it's strange. There's a bit of a trend these days, I guess, because of the indie. Uh, explosion that we've had with, you know, I guess what you'd call old school graphic models that work really, really well and it actually feels like less of a barrier to play these games now than it would have uh, 15 years ago or more when we were doing that push into realistic graphics. Now it feels like it doesn't matter it's the gameplay matters again so I think there quite easily could be a second renaissance for these games to come back on the market without any significant change in production. I mean, they, they could certainly stand to tweak a couple of games here and there, but I reckon, yeah, I, I honestly reckon that a lot of these games could come back, earn serious money for Nintendo again. I mean, if you bought Mario for eight bucks, if they don't have to do anything much to get it ready for production, that's pretty decent profit. Mario is a good game and had excellent mechanics. What would it have what sold for doing? originally? What would, what would have been Sorry? the original price point for Mario when it was first released? Uh, it was a cartridge, so probably double what a game would be now in today's dollars. So about 200 bucks, <laughs> like in today's dollars. Excellent. Good. <laughs> um, I remember, oh, fuck. I got Super Star Wars. Oh, Super Star Wars. I remember Super Star Wars. 60 bucks in 1990-something. So, you know, bring that up to today's money, that's probably about 200 bucks, yeah? Yeah, we don't need to do inflation. I was just curious as to what... uh, (laughs) Because 
I lived in the country and there were no stores, so um, yeah, we only yep. we could only play the games that were grown locally uh, at the game <laughs> farm. We had to walk. Did to you the ever? Village. Did you ever have uh, any consoles or anything back in those days, Josh? Or yeah, did you just? Uh, uh... I had an Atari, um, the twenty six hundred. That was the first one we had, and um, that got some very very solid play. Uh, we didn't have that many games, but. Um, yeah, the ones we did have got smashed. And then a Sega Mega Drive, I reckon. So that, that was at that awkward time where it was like, do you get the Master System or the Mega Drive? Like, which one's the... Because uh, they were sort of concurrent there for a while. Yeah, I got the Master System right at the end of its life life cycle uh, just as the Mega Drive was coming out. And I was just like, I wish there was a podcast that I could listen to that was telling me about new consoles coming out. So that I didn't get this old ass console and got the newest thing, but alas, Speaking I got 32 bit rather than 64. You're ahead of your time. I know. Like you, you invented the podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> Without realizing it. Yeah, but you yeah. Even named it. I did. I did. Yeah. So just I was I had the master system and I was limited to old old games basically yeah. on there too. I think PC was really how I got into gaming rather than the master system. Yeah, it might be the same. Uh, I mean, a lot of my friends had the Nintendo and the SNES. Um, but for me personally, yeah, first PC around about 99, something like that. So relatively late into it. Uh, it's been my first love ever since. Yeah. So we touched on it briefly, but, uh, you know, it has been a long time since we last podcasted. The Nintendo Switch came Switch. out while we were away. Basically, a uh, console you've... If you're listening to this, you probably know everything that there is to know about it. You can tell us more about it. Yeah, you can tell us more about it. Once, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd like to get a one of them, you know, because I just would get one just for Mario <laughs> and Mario Kart and, and Zelda. Yeah, I've never played a Zelda game in my life, so I can't really be a games podcaster, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I'd like to play. I'd like to try Zelda and Mario, but that really I wouldn't be getting it for any third party. Third party games. Zelda's been hugely popular. I think everyone knows that by now as well. It's got an amazing following, and uh, I've seen some really, really cool inventive gameplay, uh, making the most of the different mechanics in the game to try and circumvent what fighting. The... Yeah, or just in general. You know, you've got whoever whoever's designing the game obviously wants to give you some options, and I think it's yeah. fantastic when you see people grab together various bits and pieces and then like the one where the guy was playing it uh with link was naked and he was smashing one of the end bosses with a wardrobe and it's like <laughs> you know when they wrote the game they they weren't exactly imagining that outcome but it's fantastic that someone can actually take the game and do that with it yeah but does it actually do anything that dark messiah of blind magic hasn't done before really i mean it's basically just a Dark Messiah magic clone, isn't it, Josh? Uh, maybe. I've got Dark Messiah sitting on my shelf, actually. <laughs> I've never played it, <laughs> but it's sitting there. So. <laughs> well, I mean, that was supposed to be the physics, you know, physics emergent gameplay version of Skyrim or Oblivion, I guess, because it's that old uh, and, you know, it never really took off. But now Zelda comes along and provides all of these mechanics and systems that, are, you know, allows it to be the emergent gameplay version of Skyrim. And yeah. now, hopefully, Skyrim and Fallout learn from it because God knows I'm never going to get to play it unless I buy a Switch, I guess. 
by a switch. <laughs> switch. Switch. But that's the thing. I think is um. I look at it the same way. I'd really like a switch. I'm uh, gaining new employment at the moment, which will mean I'll actually have a commute on public transport rather than driving. So I actually have an opportunity to play something that you know um, is somewhat portable. But for the price, and to play Mario and to play Zelda, Mario, um, Mario, I don't know that I'd necessarily be. I don't know that I can necessarily justify it. At you know. At this, not not that it's not not that I don't think it's worth it, but I think maybe that you know with the uh, Nintendo sort of only like the only thing you'd sort of get it for is the Nintendo's exclusives, and is it you know is it at that point then worth just for Nintendo exclusives? Yes, yes, it is. It's Mario. There we go. <laughs> Look, Mario is good. Is it's only four hundred bucks? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not super expensive. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd be paying more for. Did you pay more for like a 3DS when it first came out? Yeah, with games in with games, uh, 3DS games are really expensive. So um, once you take a few games into account, I think that probably a Nintendo Switch would be about the same as a 3DS. And if I was when at, at like when it was first released, no, the 3DS. I think I paid 300 for it and then paid 100 and something for games. So. Yeah, 469 for a Nintendo Switch is the price I'm looking at, and that looks really, really realistic. Yeah, but that's without games. Yeah, yeah. But a game is only $89. I'm not sure how much it is on their, their eStore, but yeah. Then again, I suppose the Switch, you don't get hot, that much space on it to play eStore games either. I'm with you. I mean, if I was still commuting for work or traveling to Queensland quite often or Canberra, I would probably, well, I would definitely probably get one uh in order to take on trips with me that would be cool at the moment you know not commuting as much as i used to i'll, I'll probably just stick with the games that i have or the con- consoles that i have until mario comes out i guess definitely in agreement yeah. here i my commute is pretty much zero um the longest part of my trip is actually just the final walk to work um and i mean realistically uh, all other times as soon as you get home like if you want to play mario or whatever yeah sure i could like fire up an emulator or you know i just i find it weird Mm. having a portable game player but sitting at home and playing that it just feels i don't know yeah it just feels well i think it's actually like really good system in that it straddles the line you can sit it down plug it in and then you're playing your game on your big on your tv on the wall and it's all really nice and then oh, you know what i gotta go so like you know, pick it up and you can just keep playing it you know on wherever you might be i think that's really good it's i guess yeah like justifying like you said you know if we'll play that mario game is it really yeah at this point you know like it's 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 you know it's the early adopter like conundrum i guess you know like do you do you go out as the early adopter or you know do you give it potentially you know a software a couple of software iterations some more titles come out and then you know maybe it looks a bit more appealing i certainly think the switch is worth the money i think it's just more certainly in my for, for my scenario for my position at the moment it's probably probably not i mean i'd probably be more Probably more consider, you know, like, uh, you know, and this is getting a little bit budget, but like a 2DS for like a commute, you know, something that you can pick up for, you know, under a couple of hundred bucks in some games. Probably get a, a Switch though when uh, Harry's a bit older. <laughs> that would, uh, that's probably the ideal console for a small child, I would say. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. I'd love 
you know, some Mario, Mario Kart. Halo. Mad for it. No. <laughs> Halo. That's always Durham. been the thing. That's always been the target, or not the target audience for the sweet for Nintendo, but you know, that's always been one of their strengths is the games that both an, a grown man and a child can enjoy together, especially the new Mario games where you can like, if it was us playing, we'd just be fucking with each other constantly. Whereas if you're playing with your kid, you'd be, uh, come on, jump over that thing and helping each other. Yeah. Or if you're a man child, it's perfect for both. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what else is uh newsy? Battlefront. Battlefront 2. Uh, following on from the heels of the Last Jedi trailer, uh, Battlefront 2 trailer was leaked out, and then EA followed it up with an official release shortly after. Yeah, there's a second Battlefront game coming out, which apparently is going to make up for all the failings of the last one, but we'll have to <laughs> see about that. You know, a lot of uh, different criticisms of the last one, not least of which was you couldn't get into the ships and take off yourself. You had to spawn into them. There was no single-player campaign to speak of. Yeah, and uh, this I'm not sure if they have released a position on the uh, on the spawning into ships thing, but they've definitely announced that there is going to be a single-player in this game, so hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's the uh, Star Wars first-person experience that we've been asking for since bloody Republic Commander. Yes, uh, they've made um, they've made a lot of promises uh, with regards to this one, and that it should be what the first one was meant to be. But I don't know. It's they're getting so much money through pre-orders these days that they could still half deliver, and then not care about disappointing the fan base. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's oh. the the the. EA way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. But hopefully hopefully they don't just rely on a name to sell it. And, yeah. you know, because it's, it's a game with Star Wars in its title. It's going to sell. Yeah. So hopefully they do try and live up to the legacy so that they don't, you know, kind of ruin it for future games, basically. Yeah. And yeah. just and, uh, I keep want things. It to work. I want it to be so good as well. Like, it's, I don't want it to fail. I want it to be amazing. I just, I'll wait. Yeah. I want the single-player storyline experience, Knights of the Old Republic-style game set in the new era uh, that we've been promised to come out sooner rather than later. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, Star Wars is a first-person shooter in the Star Wars universe is all well and good, but that's not really what you come to Star Wars for. It's more the story and the the force and and the flying. And look, now's the time, you know. The movies, they're all coming out now. Uh, renewed interest and support. Like, don't half-ass it. Make it the best game there ever was. Well, yeah, exactly. Look, and they nailed the the graphics. And sound. I think it was... Uh, and sound. I think it was probably the best-looking game uh, last year. Um, just, yeah, just a beautiful game. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, the one coming out uh, from Visceral in a few years, months, whenever that comes out. That'll be the that'll be the big one. Yeah, I think that'll that good. that about does it for news tonight or today, doesn't this it? This evening. This evening. I think I think she does. So a quick look through the new releases coming up. Uh, I believe we've got. Uh, have we got it anywhere? Oh no, man. Bear with us. No, that's not it. Here we are. Uh, the timeline, what's coming up in uh, <laughs> this month, uh, I, I guess. guess. 
uh, considering this month is very short <laughs> now as we record this this month is about to end um looking into may pray the big one that's coming up this week hopefully that'll be the uh not a follow-up but hopefully that'll be uh something that myself as a dead space fan i've been missing out on that super uh, on that science fiction horror for quite a while and with alien coming out next uh month as well uh pray should be a great great science fiction uh horror game as well yeah no that'll be uh very good to see um seeing some of the review sort of gameplay uh stuff it does look pretty interesting for those with a nintendo switch minecraft switch minecraft makes its way to your platform so i'm sure uh you've you're about to start your third hundredth Minecraft save uh, on your Switch. That's a perfect platform for it as well. I yeah, with yeah the, definitely. As we said, the children being on Switch. The children. The children <laughs> being on the Switch. Um, Injustice 2 comes out on the 16th of this month. That will be uh, interesting. Uh, the next follow-up, uh, sorry, the next DC fighting game. Of course, famously missing their uh, launch window, missing out on launching alongside Batman versus Superman. <laughs> but uh, no, this they they had to slip it to uh, coming out alongside Wonder Woman, I guess. Yes, yeah, looks still just as uh, an important release. So, and Wonder Woman is, uh, I'm sure, in Injustice Two, isn't she? I'm sure she'd be. Supergirl is. That's all I matter. Supergirl is. Matters. And that's important. That's the main thing. <clears throat> I'm looking through the list. Is there anything else particularly? Important there. Things are still coming out for the Wii U, apparently. The Surge, uh, science fiction Dark Souls, coming out on the 16th, same day as Injustice 2. So you're, if you're into science fiction Dark Souls, I guess you can try The Surge. A remake of one of the greatest games of last generation, the uh, Darksiders, War Masters, War Mastered Edition, is coming out on the Wii U. Friday the 13th, coming out on the 26th, towards the end of the month. That'll be awesome. Another asymmetrical <laughs> Multiplayer game in the vein of Left 4 Dead, but instead of having four versus four, they're having uh, one versus four. So uh, like Evolve. Yeah, 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 actually, probably closer to Evolve than uh, than Left 4 Dead. Hopefully, uh, it's the Evolve that we wanted, not the one that we got, not the one that we got. In that, it comes out for free as well. No. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Hopefully, it's like everything I've seen from it looks pretty good. You know, it's a chance to play as jason uh, the game originally came out but being made by fans of friday the 13th and it was never explicitly tied to friday the 13th but then the owners of the license event evidently found out about it and uh said actually this looks pretty cool we'll uh attach the license to it and they got you know they got to mention jason in it and you know it's going to be um you know it's good to see fans getting rewarded like that i guess you know, apparently you get to play as multiple different Jasons in the game as well, which should be interesting. You know, you get your Jason takes Manhattan uh, Jason, where he, you know, has his off-Broadway costume. And uh, the Jason X Jason, where he looks like the Terminator. So, you know, it's going to be going to be pretty cool. And the Jason Statham as well. <laughs> Jason Statham Jason. He's the ultimate Jason. Though. Like, he you, is. You wouldn't shout at the feet the Jason Statham Jason. Jason. Oh, so no. the one from Crank. Ever. Yeah. Sorry? Especially the Jason Statham from the Crank. <laughs> uh, imagine if they had gotten um, Jason Statham to play uh, Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That would have been cool. That would have been Jason Statham playing a character based off of Jason. Or wearing a hockey mask, at least. Mind blown. 
Yeah. Um, Guilty Gear, Gear Exerd, Rev 2. If you like Japanese 2D f- sprite fighters, I guess you can play that. Spriters. Spriters, as it was. Um, and Star Trek Bridge Crew on the HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, and PlayStation VR. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be very cool. If only we owned one of those devices. That would be an awesome <laughs> game to play. And movie-wise, coming up across May, uh, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy have just released. Pirates of the Caribbean coming through. I've seen I've seen a trailer for that, and I don't know. Uh, reserving Judgment feels like just another payday for Johnny Depp. Uh, is um so Will Turner looks like he's in that, and is and like the latest trailers I've seen shows Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan being in there as well. So, but I haven't seen uh, Orlando Bloom or um that lady Kira Knightley being mentioned in uh in the trailers at all. So, do you know anything more about that, Josh? I didn't look into the trailer. I saw they didn't actually introduce the uh, guy and girl who were there with him. But it did sort of feel like the guy was meant to be. If he's not Will Turner, he's meant to no, no, there, be a, a there is, replacement for Will Turner. Yeah, there is a replacement for Will Turner, but there is also Will Turner appearing in there as the okay. replacement for Davy Jones. Uh, so that should be interesting. And also in the trailer, it announced that it was the end of the adventure or something like that. But then reading into it, it was like. It was the beginning of the end of the adventure, so it sounds like there's a trilogy planned that's going to end the adventure yeah. from oh, the previous right. trilogy, but Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides was meant to be that anyway, and then that yeah. failed, so yeah. they're restarting another trilogy again. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't just know. let it die. I don't know if I could do it. Like, watching through the trailer, it was okay, and I think it'd probably be an enjoyable movie, but I didn't really see anything that made me think, wow, yeah, let's really get hyped about this. It just kind of feels like more of the same at this point. Do yourself um, a favor and just watch Pirates of the Caribbean 1 again. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Watch it three times. Do us all a favor. It's your trilogy. King Arthur. <laughs> King Arthur as well. <laughs> I, I just, sorry, I just made me think of just someone, I could just imagine like a really eclectic director just sort of being like, no, 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 this one movie is my trilogy. Please observe it three times. It will all make sense in the end. Hey, that's actually... That's what near automata is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Full circle, come back around. Full it circle. Is. You have to play it three times to get the full story, apparently. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, just quickly, yeah. King Arthur coming out, Alien Covenant, uh, yes. and Baywatch, if you're into that. Yes. <laughs> yes, The Rock. Yes, um, no, Baywatch look, looks like it's going to be going for very much the same vibe as 21 Jump Street, which is probably one of my favourite mm-hmm. movies of the last couple of years, so... Uh, I've been loving Zac Efron's work in Bad Neighbors and Bad Neighbors 2 recently, and you can't go wrong with The Rock. So, yeah, 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 it looks looks pretty good. Yeah, The Rock is very watchable, so I think that uh, it'll be a good, fun movie. Um, Is he the most most banked? The Rock's the most bankable movie star in history at the moment, isn't he, or something like that? It was either The Rock or Vin Diesel has yeah, it's The Rock. rock. Yeah, Yeah, generated the most most money ever. So. Nice. As a rock. As a rock. As well, apparently, rock. <laughs> Fast and Furious 8 uh, is now the largest opening weekend of all time because they launched in China as well as the United States on the same weekend. Oh. So it overtook The Force Awakens. Um, okay. Yeah. And, 
that'll just put more money into the rocks record i guess yeah i still haven't the seen rock it record. but i've heard that this one is better than uh, even the last few so they reckon they've just absolutely nailed it on the formula and uh it was fantastic so i'd like to see it but my wife won't let me <laughs> uh well we should see it i've actually got a recorded the uh, first seven on uh, um, on the Foxtel, they had a, a pop-up movie channel. No, we don't have the movie channel, but they sometimes unlock things. They popped up a pop-up movie channel just before, uh, uh, just after Fast 7. They had, like, yeah, uh, all of them on there. So I've got, like, all of them ready to go through in time to to, to see the, the next one. So I have some viewing this week, apparently. Potentially. Well, you haven't seen them? Well, I mean, I've seen the first four. They're, like, the worst four. <laughs> Oh well, I mean, when you're uh, you know you you mid to late teens, they're yeah. the best for. No, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend seeing five, six, and seven then before seeing eight, or not before seeing eight, but in general, they're good movies. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And uh, one final thing: the Necromancer beta for Diablo is going to launch very, very soon. It one of the promised what was it E three I think they made the announcement last year. Uh, we covered it briefly last year. Yeah, yeah. We, we did talk it about briefly. it. I it remember talking about the of... differences between that and the Witch Doctor. Yeah, and I guess if it's yes. like the traditional yes, right. uh, necromancer from Diablo two, like it'd be quite decent. It was fantastic to have an army of skeletons, like that you just got stuck in the middle of and then couldn't get out of because they just milled around <laughs> you too closely. Skellingtons, please. Skellingtons. Answer properly. Jack Skellington. No, uh, I mean, I love Diablo 2. Diablo 3, I really enjoy, but doesn't quite have that same nostalgia feel uh, now it's been out for a while. So I'll give it a go again when Necromancer comes out, and I'm hoping that sort of harks back to that original feeling of the game anyway. So that'd be I should good. download it again. We can play together. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Find my uh, Battle.net passcode. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, if you're listening out there now and uh, you want to play Diablo 3, I don't really do much um, day in, day out. My evenings are kind of free, so hit me up. should have a child or take up CrossFit or start writing a novel. I could yeah, do all those free. things take I up considerable to, time. Yeah. I seem to have the time for that. <laughs> you got Barney and Pixie. Yeah, my fur kids. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, well, on that sad note... <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Josh, just cry life. for help. Please, please talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get home and get writing. So uh... yeah, that's uh, that's gonna do it for this week and for this first episode of season two of the Karma Iguana podcast. If you have any uh, any emails, any questions, any stories you want to tell us, anything you want to inform us about, uh, please. Send us an email at karmaiguana at gmail.com. Go to Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash karmaiguana to join our Facebook page or just search for Karma Iguana uh, when you're on Facebook. Like us there and uh, drop us comments there uh, and, uh, and get ready to follow. Um, and make sure you like, rate and review us on iTunes to to get uh, i guess the whoa that's up close to get uh, all the latest uh, of when we're being down um when we're being recording and uh, get the latest episodes so with that said uh i've been patty i've been josh <laughs> and i've been waiting for you to say your <laughs> damn name i'm ev aka also josh 
Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And we will uh, see you next week. Farewell. See ya. Bye.